Hello and welcome back to the Content That Grows podcast. Uh, we're back this episode I'm with the uh, usually host, uh, CEO Nate Turner. Uh, welcome back, Nate. Hey, Derek. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, be back again chatting about some some good stuff today. Yeah, so we'll dig right in. This, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about scaling content with templates, uh, something we get asked about a lot, uh, obviously, because of the nature of our work. Um, but we see it popping around the social feeds, uh, in Slack channels, et cetera. Yep. So just wanted to kind of start us out with, you know, Nate, when you hear someone kind of ask us, how do I start templatizing my, my content to move faster? You know, what are some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a couple things that come to mind. One is, uh, kind of trying to understand the what they're trying to templatize and the sort of the scale of it. So, um, you know, there are things that if it's actually not that much, maybe eight or 10 ultimately is sort of the, the quantity that you're looking for. Um, then maybe templatizing doesn't make sense. Um, but obviously if you're talking about a much larger scale, templatizing makes sense. And then the other thing that comes to mind is like, why are you wanting to templatize? Is it like trying to just take the easy path and like replicate as much as possible, change very little, like, and just churn stuff out because that may or may not be the best path and, and get the best results. So you want to kind of dig in a little bit there too. So I'd say that's the two things really are, um, kind of what's the scale of what you're wanting to produce with the templates. And then also how, um, uh, like what, why, what's the why behind it? Yeah. Yeah. I would follow up with, my initial kind of two thoughts are like, one is whoever asking, like, have, have they done their homework around like yeah. whether templatization fits that? I don't think that always has to be the case unless you're definitely have like making an SEO play for that. Otherwise, you know, feel free to explore whatever templatized version of your website you want or, or your content pages. Yeah. Um, and the other is uh, sometimes I think people are, almost asking for a templatized workflow as much as they're asking for uh, a templatized, you know, content layout or page layout. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cause yeah, I think there's, you know, ultimately, so like we're built on Webflow and um, Webflow uses the terminology as collections. And so that's actually a very easy way to think about templating, which is like, the blog is a collection. So we sort of have like a blog mm -hmm. um, post layout and then all the items in that collection are the posts. And then we have a separate layout that's for sort of like the quick case studies. Uh, and we have another one for the podcast and, and so on. And so I think there's aspects there that's just sort of like common knowledge. You know, if you know, even WordPress, like there's a page template and there's a post template and there's, you know, maybe a couple varieties of that. And so, um, the concept of templates, I think is, is very familiar in general with content. And then the question just becomes when you're talking about sort of doing stuff at scale and with SEO in mind, then I think that's where it shapes that, that, uh, conversation a bit. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think people, you know, when they, what do you think people generally get right about templatized content? And then uh, we can couple that with, you know, what do you think people often misunderstand when they're approaching templates? 
Yeah, I would say it probably echoes a bit of what I was just saying. Like, I think, um, I I think that maybe unintentionally at times, people get templates right, which is just this is sort of how we're building out our site structure, our CMS, regardless of what platform you're on, um, and. Uh, you know, it's a tool you said you I think you mentioned sort of about like process and like templates are a tool to enable people to create within a consistent framework essentially and so um, I think there's a lot that it enables people and I think that's a positive thing people think about that the right way like hey let's let's agree on a template and then that will empower our team to you know have what we need to do what we need to do and I would say the misunderstanding is just um, more in line with what I was saying before, just like, this is a way for us to um, get around a lot of the work that needs to go into this and just um, churn out a bunch of, of templatized stuff that, that checks the box um, in our mind, which I think could be a miss. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel it when I, when I get this question that they, they understand a streamlining of some sort, you mm -hmm. know, whether that's, the workflows or they they understand that in some ways they're they're removing hopefully a bottleneck um, or some type of load that's on their their writers and their editors um, yeah you know so I, I i feel that i think that's what they often get right i think one thing and again i'll tie this back into like seo and content that um that i think can be tough is that like Templates often are, are going to be broken within templatizing content types. So um, if you think of a glossary, for example, mm -hmm. um, oftentimes these are simple pages. You're going to, you know, answer some quick what is this term and maybe give like an equation if it's that type of search or, or term you're going for. Yeah. Um, but then realizing that like the keywords associated with certain glossary terms sometimes like can be done in a nice quick, you can create a page that would go after that search term yeah. um, in a nice quick fashion. And then other times you'll look and the intent is really educational and information informational, um, requiring you to essentially break form and give searchers what they actually want approaching that topic. Um, yeah that I think can cause an initial headache um, for people when they're just like, oh, this research just isn't clean, like it's not setting up as nice as, as I want it to, Right, um, is kind of one of the, the base misunderstandings I see a lot. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's just like tragic, you know, to <laughs> be like, let's get this template, let's do this, let's turn it out. And if you don't, like if, well, the tragic part is if you then skip the component of research that's necessary to understand what's the intent here and is this actually going to meet it and instead you're just sort of um stubbornly saying like i want to use this template and i'm gonna do it and do it quickly and and then ultimately you just don't get the results you're you're hoping for because a percentage of those are not actually satisfying what they what they need to so yeah right I agree. Yeah, and I feel like um, kind of adding to that is like a layer of like when when you templatize a page or a content type, it really forces that research up front. Mm -hmm. So you do need the workflow to come. You do need to have like everything written out. So you're 
writers and editors can kind of make quick work of yeah. what a template does. Um, because almost like the problems you see in automation, um, if your template's kind of not what you wanted when you start and you create a hundred or 150 pages for some type of content, yeah. now you've got this huge lift to get everything right because it wasn't quite there. So you really want to have that initial template dialed in. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, I think we're, we're a little bit abstract in like just calling everything templatized. So maybe it'd be helpful to, to ask, like, are there certain types of pages or certain things that you've seen that fit more into a templatized framework, for example? Um, I, th yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like in my experience, a lot of SaaS companies and maybe early on, they sort of have to kind of conform to a template just because of resources and, and whatnot. But, um, long-term, I don't think like feature pages, very like product marketing focused content on the site, um, doesn't always do so well in a template format, just because you kind of need to say whatever you need to say, show what you need to show and, uh, not always the like header proof, you know, alternating left, right, you know, and then CTA, um, it just may vary from page to page. So I think that type of stuff is tough. Um, but I think it's also, um, I think it's worth calling out in this part of the discussion that like we said before, like there are post templates for every blog, like every blog has that. Um, and I think that's different when you're saying this is a template that is like a styling template. There's mm -hmm. certainly there's, you know, one column versus two, and there's some, some aspects there, but it's mostly styling of the layout, but then there's still the content aspect within the CMS that is completely open to do what you need to do, have however many H2s you need to have, all that stuff. That is very different than, you know, trying to generate 150 integration pages and you're only changing a few variables and you have no control over the majority of what is on the page. Um, so I think that's worth calling out too, that just that, um, you know, a lot of sites and um, and the content is technically in a template, but we're not talking about just like a style template necessarily. It's um, very much like a, a rigid formatting of, of the content and what you can or can't do. Sure. Um, so, yeah. And I think the other thing I would note is just that there's, I always tell people like, you don't have to limit yourself to one, um, one blog post template. Um, you know, like there's, so if, like, uh, if you want to do some long form stuff, that's really a bit more weighty, maybe like more custom design to it, like table of contents, like this is a longer piece, maybe it's a pillar page. That's fine to have a separate, um, style template for that versus like your normal blog post instead of trying to make it go in there or have like one-off designs for these things. So I think there's, um, some stuff around that too. So yeah, I think going back to, I would say like certainly, you know, homepage, feature page solutions, those types of things, uh, I think really struggle to have 
highly templatized um, setup. And then um, certainly the style templates for blogs and other types of content do well. Nice. But yeah, what would you add to that? Yeah, so having like dug around <laughs> as as I might call myself an agency brat for a while doing SEO, uh, mm. when I think about things that fit well in, in terms of like a layout template um, for a particular URL, I think locations pages. Mm. Um, so if there's a reason for your product or company to, you know, address a certain location market, whether it's a city or a state, and that's kind of the only thing changing. Um, and you've got a reason to create those pages and be in those spaces. Um, those do really nice. I think you can get into certain middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel listicles. Um, Kevin wrote a nice blog post on, on sort of templatizing listicles. Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen folks talk about, you know, how to do that and the benefit of doing that. And you can create those quickly. Uh, I've definitely seen glossary posts um, or sure. glossary yeah. sections, subfolders on websites for industries. Um, a lot of companies, if you're on their like resources or downloadable templates and tools section, um, those can be pretty well templatized um, yeah. and attract a lot of keywords. And then um, even things like competitor reviews and, and, Kind of those versus pages, alternatives, etc. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great list, and uh, yeah, certainly um, the location stuff in particular, I think, probably is a good segue into the the next point around kind of the difference between programmatic and programmatic SEO versus leveraging templates, and kind of like disputing that because I think um, again, kind of that comes down to the what I said at the beginning, like the number of uh, pages that you need to create with the template mm -hmm. uh, matters. You know, if you have three locations, great. Just probably just <laughs> put it all on one page called locations. Um, but if you're a chain or something where you have hundreds or thousands uh, of locations and it's pretty straightforward, it's a name, street address, uh, phone number, and then like pulling in a map of the location. Um, that's where you may get in a bit more into programmatic. So um, maybe you would want to just kind of kick off and first talk a little bit about the the difference between programmatic SEO versus leveraging templates that we've been talking about. Yeah, so programmatic is similar to what you're talking about with locations or something. It's when there's a very slight change, you can you're basically replicating it can be hundreds, it can be hundreds of thousands or millions of pages. And um, the only thing changing is actually going to be pulled from some larger data set yep. elsewhere. Um, that way it, it sort of changes and updates as it needs to. Um, I believe just after plunking around on some websites like Coursera, or not Coursera, uh, Captera um, yep. and G2 even, uh, make some of these and you can kind of see that if you're looking at their H2 codes and uh, H1 codes. And so like the, the like initial thing that comes to mind when you're trying to leverage something like pro programmatic is, you know, do we, can we justify creating that many pages? Do we need to? And then do we have the technical know-how and bandwidth to keep those pages up and running? Right. Um, 
um, versus a you know leveraging a template is uh, often slightly more manual. Um, you can kind of copy and duplicate and change what you need to. Um, you probably have a little more control, but you wouldn't want to manage a hundred thousand pages like that. Right. Yep. I agree, and I think that's a big distinction: the manual versus, um, you know, ultimately generating. Um, automatically, you know, with the code, like you said, referencing the database. Um, I think that's a, a big distinction. And like we said before, leveraging templates is so much more about empowering a team to do it and like kind of have that base set and then build upon it versus programmatic being, you know, this, this would be ridiculous to do manually one <laughs> at a time, because like you said, you know, 10% is changing and 90% and or even more than 90% is the same. Um, and so there's certainly, you know, I think cases where, um, you know, startup that is going to have, you know, a page for every single, um, you know, they work with in the real estate sector and they're going to have, you know, three to 5,000 realtors listed and they want to have a page for every single one. Um, then certainly, yes, like let's generate that again. That's like name contact info, image, you know, office name, all that stuff, uh, or like um, broker name. But there's, yeah, just a lot to that. And it becomes so much more in that case about site structure and internal linking, navigation, all that stuff to really make sure that it's crawled well and, and well optimized mm -hmm. um, versus, again, sort of just empowering a team to, to create within some of the guardrails of a template. For sure. <laughs> I've definitely operated in that, the like middle gray area, but because of like technical bandwidth for, we didn't mm -hmm. have a developer on the team, um, where I have manually created three to 500 pages. Yeah. Um, in which case you just prioritize, right? Like you've got your template, you know what you have to do and you, you might say like, okay, I'm getting 20 of these pages done a week or something. And it's going to take me months. Um, yep. but yeah, yeah. And it's, I think that I, I, I wouldn't know how to draw an exact line of where, where you say programmatic becomes more effective and, and worth the, the upfront, uh, work on like the development side. Um, I'm not sure what that would be kind of, I guess it would depend on how much is changing and, and like I said, how much there is um, to do, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, what are to, to like point people in directions so they can sort of see some templatized work or like versions of what we talked, we've talked about, um, you know, where, where would you point people to like, say like, Hey, these people have templatized pages, go check these out. If you're, if you're just getting started and you want to see some examples. Yeah. Um, I have two, I think you have, you have more than me. Um, uh, so I'll just go over mine real quick. I think, uh, two that come to mind are, um, Zapier and segment, mm -hmm. um, just both very similar in that, you know, you have a substantial number of products you integrate with, and then you also have within those, um, you know, on the Zapier side, you have different features or things you can do. And then the 
where it really compounds and explodes and in, in the quantity is then the combinations of, you know, receive an email, add to a spreadsheet. Like there's so many different <laughs> variations. You really don't need to change a lot. Like you can kind of build those and capture people who are looking to do that very specific thing. And then for segment, it's more same thing, but more data flow. You know, this person clicks on something from this tool and then like, let's send data to this tool. So you again have large number of integrations and then the number of connections and then the specific metrics and, and data you can pass and, and all of that really starts to, to compound. So that would be two that I think have you know, maybe two or three different types of quote unquote templates. Um, there for each of those different types, but then uh, collectively it, it adds up to quite a bit. Yeah. Do you, I feel like I should know this because Zapier is such an example cited by everyone, but do you know if their pages are programmatic? Like, I don't know actually. Yeah. Cause they, they're pretty nuanced. I mean, everyone's pretty specific, but just the sheer volume of pages, it makes me Kind of curious. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I would guess that they would be a good guest. Yeah. I think they, they grew, my guess would be they grew more like organically and, and manually, like from the early days of, you know, building up the number of tools. And then obviously you have new tools being added all the time. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if at some point it became, Hey, this is extremely tedious to, to maintain. Can we move this to a system that's you know, more centralized and, and programmatic. So, um, but I, yeah, I don't know for sure on that. Um, so, okay. So some of the examples that I have, because I, I think people are going to find these sites regardless. And if you're around content marketing or marketing at all is like, I recommend going to check out, um, uh, HubSpot's kind of resources slash download subfolder. So, I think we all we've all seen the like infographic templates or blog post templates, ebook templates, etc. Um I think one it's just a really great example of a lot of these are templatized. Um but it's also a great example of clustering, so some of these template pages um are not templatized. So they are long form and it's actually linking to a blog post that features a downloadable template. Um, but shows you kind of the effort you'd want to put in if like SEO was the play within that mm -hmm. template focus. Um, teamwork has great versus pages. If you fly down to their actual footer section, um, you'll see that compare. And then underneath it, you'll see how they do kind of versus sales battle card type pages um, and templatize yep. that. Uh, competitor alternatives, I think Help Scout and Gorgeous have really nice versions of these um their lists they clearly say what their product does um those lists feature some overlap but they just do a really nice job of having thorough templates um and then you know something i don't see used as often but that does generate a lot of a lot of traffic if it's something you're worth if you think is worth going after are glossaries and um chargebee or chargebee.com has a great example of kind of glossary pages around like sales and success and general business terms. So you see like eight different types of churn and you click it and it says what it is. And then pretty quickly it gives you like, here's the, you know, the basic 
calculation for determining, you know, this. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're quick pages. Um, I mean, I, a lot of them look like they're less than a thousand words or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it generates a, a ton of organic attention and, um, and I think the UX of it is, is great. It like allows people to understand how they're going to focus and interact with this thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th those yeah, I think, you know, that's a good example. The last one with charge B is like, that's an example where you probably can have a bit more templatized. Again, you probably still have a bit of open text feel to kind of do what you need to do, but like, the nature of what is in that uh, each glossary item or, or however it's phrased is like should typically pretty well line up with intent, you know, like mm -hmm. how is CAC payback calculated? Like you want to go to a pay, you don't want to hear like the history of CAC payback <laughs> and you know, all this like super long form stuff. It's like, get me right to that shorter piece that just tells me, What's the formula? Maybe some some details on how company you know, various ways that companies may use the inputs or whatever. But um, yeah, like I said before, I think that's important to really understand what are we wanting to templatize and how does that actually align with the intent and, and making sure that we're matching that. So that's a good example of one that I think suits that really well. Yeah, and I would say, and maybe this is just more of a like personal philosophy and like creating large chunks of content is like, if your true intention here is like this big resource, like not every page has to line up perfectly with search mm -hmm. intent. Like if a lot of them do great, uh, but I wouldn't let that like necessarily discourage you from creating pages yeah. that should function the way you want them to function while someone's in that ecosystem. Um, and you can always find more creative ways to get that search traffic around that term. Um, but if your goal is to create a glossary, then create a glossary the way you want to create yes. it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And it's, um, yes, I guess. And that's maybe a bit more of, uh, in the beginning where I was saying, understanding the why behind it, because yes, if the goal is we want to have a glossary, we can point people to it. We can reference it on social sales reps, whatever, like there's all kinds of ways you can use it. Um, that's very different than, oh, we just want to rank for every single one of these. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, yeah, some of the, the why behind it uh, matters. So I totally agree. If there's just a desire or a business need to build it, then, then build it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else you'd add that we haven't covered around, around templating and content? Um, probably not anything new, but I, I guess I would just, again, reiterate that, um, templates are not like a shortcut from doing the work. Um, you know, it, it's really, if SEO is in mind, then you still need to do the work and understand it and make sure you're, uh, creating something that's going to align with intent and satisfy it. And, um, just understanding that it's it's a bit more of uh, streamlining your team, empowering your team, uh, and just creating consistency across the site, I think would be some of the biggest benefits there. So that would be the only thing for me to, to mention at the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's a good uh, good final reminder. 
is that you still got to do the work. You still got to do the research. You still need your workflow. Um, but it, it, it's beneficial, but it's still work. And with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, I'll just invite you guys to check out uh, 10speed.io slash podcast. Uh, you can listen to this episode and any other previous episodes and like and subscribe on whichever platform you prefer to listen. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks, Eric. Thanks.